In this week's episode, we're feeling marvelous. We've got big news from the MCU with an endgame trailer drop. The master of Kung Fu gets a director, and another one returns from exile. We also talk Captain Marvel box office as it continues to own the whiners. Plus, we give our short reviews of the film. Disney Channel Fan Fest is returning this spring to DCA with new guests and new shows. Also, Paris Makes Money, I Tell a Story, plus... Bubba! And more on this Flurgan episode of the Mousepire Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Diggs. I'm Tim. Welcome to Mousepire, your source for Disney, Star Wars, and everything in between. This is the podcast where both empires collide. Ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls, welcome to the Mousepire Podcast. Uh, hey, what's going on? Uh oh. The apprentice Start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Bring up me, Harley Joe. You never had a friend like me. Some imagination, huh? <laughs> loud whoa whoa no don't worry uh you didn't accidentally put on your uh your copy of full fiction or anything uh that we're here uh of course that is uh miserloo is that how you say it miserloo by uh the uh by dick dale uh, it was made famous in the 1994 film pulp fiction which technically is a disney movie because at the time it was distributed by miramax which was owned by disney at the time. so <laughs> Pulp Fiction and uh, some of those early uh, uh, Tarantino films are technically Disney movies. But uh, we're playing that because uh, we, unfortunately, uh, Dick Dale died this past week at the age of 81. Either you don't know who he is or you do. Right. Uh, And if you know who he is, most likely it's for one of two things. It's either that, what we just played, or it's for something else that we're going to play that's 100% Disney related. And there's might even be people that didn't even know that this thing that we're about to talk about was him. I knew it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've always known it. Yeah. It's always been, oh, yeah, it's the Dick Dale theme. So uh, I don't have that queued up. Hold on. Say something about Dick Dale. Do you know who Dick Dale is, Tim? Am I cute yet? Oh, yes. I just <laughs> cuted you. Okay, good. I was told to silence myself. <laughs> yes. But I am here, and I know the name Dick Dale. For some reason, I'm thinking it has to do with cars, though. Nope. It has to do with the beach. The beach. Surfing. Surfing, USA. Surf City, here we come. Not the Beach Boys or anything, but... Just the beach? The beach and surfing. 
Oh, this is the Space Mountain music. Written, That's where I know Written it by from. Dick Dale. Awesome. Yeah, this Space Mountain music always made me uh, think of. Uh, there's a part where it goes. Duff, 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 and it's like reminds me of the Batman theme song. That's my favorite part. It's because it's at the top. Because right here is you start going up. Yeah. It's the lights. With the smoke and no mirrors. Now here's no mirrors. This is like you actually come out into the uh, opening and you turn left. You turn left. The giant cookie is above you. The giant cookie's above you. <laughs> and then you start going up. Last lift. The last lift, yeah. And then you turn that left corner. I have a story about this music. Do you? Yeah. Is it clean? Yeah. <laughs> wow! While I do like the new Space Mountain music, is it's drum and bass. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to this on my iPhone, on my head earbuds when I ride. I think what I liked best about this too is what how it ends. Yeah, so that was the uh, Dick Dale pinned Space Mountain theme. It was uh, it was there from the reopening of Space Mountain and the New Tomorrowland in 1996 to the closing of Space Mountain for the long overhaul in 2003. Now, with most people, especially the current generation of wayward Disney fans, uh, don't probably remember is that this music worked very inconsistently um it, you weren't guaranteed to get the music when you got on the coaster i never found that to be a problem i agree uh it, it worked, worked very uh, inconsistently yeah i don't know it worked all the time uh it was notable because this was the first time that music had been used they put in the brand new speakers that were in the headrests for this uh and of course they've used that since then uh this was when Tomorrowland reopened, they had the... Uh, Maybe at first in the 90s, it probably worked more consistently, the, uh, but from 2000 to 2003 uh, was when I was there quite a bit more, and I'd say that it was cause when, uh, more inconsistent. When, when Space Mountain reopened, it was the Chili Peppers, right? No, it was right away into the new music. The Chili Peppers thing was a crossover deal they did with DCA for the... Uh, oh, so the Michael Guy Kino music... 
was there right when it, when right it away in '05, and then the Chili Peppers was kind of it was like a two week layover, I think. Oh, it was only maybe a month. Long. Well, long, it lasted longer than that, but I don't remember actually when it was. But nonetheless, I found the music to be very inconsistent. So I, I asked some cast members, and then we made friends with a cast member that basically told us how to make sure the music was on our car because uh, it, it just wouldn't, you know, what the heck, man? The music wasn't working. You know, it's not the same without it. And they'd say, well, the indicator light for the music working is located in the rear of the in individual sections. So the there's, you know, the first section is three rows. The second section is three rows. So if you're going to be like in row three, you can look in the back and there was an indicator light. It was a lit, lit up red. It was square. And that would be the way to know that the, the coaster was working or the music was working. You're square. Uh, so we would. Tip to be square. We would be uh, like try to be sly and like let the people behind us go ahead of oh. us if it wasn't on. So that, you know, chances are like half or more of the cars were working. Uh, and if you. If you were. uh it's hard. It was hard to ride in the first row if you didn't have a friend also in the third row, because you'd have to have them look, and then the whole group would have to decide. Oh, you know what? You guys can go ahead of us, and everybody thinks you're doing them a favor when you let them go ahead. But nonetheless, that's my short story about the music and Space Mountain. Cool. So yeah, uh, or not really cool, but yeah, uh, Dick Dale uh, will always be remembered for that by people that remember it, and it's on uh, whatever. Disney album that's on. I know it's on one of the Disney yeah. Land albums. Yeah. I believe in maybe one of the other Disney albums. Hey, so uh I know we said it was over. I, I, I heard there's another sequel coming up. Uh part six of the six six trilogy. Part, uh part six of the trilogy. <laughs> uh the uh we thought it was over. James Gunn is back. Yes he is. Uh, oh, okay. so. Either you're uh, ecstatic that he's back because, uh, well, there's there's like a th- few different camps. There's uh, you're happy that uh, he's back because it shows the stupids who got him fired to begin with that they're not going to win. Uh, there's the people that think that, but they also think it's terrible because they think he's a terrible person because uh, he's they still think that uh, you know he did things. Uh, there's the people that think that uh, they're not happy he's back because they don't agree with uh, how he was outed, but they also think he's a uh, terrible director. Uh, there's and then there's people that just don't care. There's fine. They're fine. There's the people that are like, oh well, uh, he was done wrong. Uh, fine, he's back. That's great. Let's get on with our business. So uh, let's get on with our business, and we'll just talk about that. Uh, Yes, he's back. Disney has brought him back to do Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. At this point, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3 had been presumably originally scheduled for a 2020 release at the beginning of Phase 4. At this point, we look like it's probably going to be pushed to second part of Phase 4, so probably 2021 at the earliest, if not 2022, probably 2021, because at this point... Uh, he is already locked into his contract with Warner Brothers to do the 
the the uh, Suicide Squad part two sequel reboot, whatever the hell it is they decide to do with it. If they pretend want to pretend that the first Suicide Squad didn't happen, whatever they're doing, uh, that is what James Gunn is already locked into. Uh, that is his next movie. He's doing that presumably now. He's already started on that. So he's locked into doing that. As soon as that's over, then he can go right into Guardians 3. So we're talking about, like I said, 2021, 2022, probably for that. Why did this happen? Well, I don't mean Disney finally got their shit together and realized that they were being stupid. Uh, I made a comment that I thought that... Uh, Captain Marvel might have had a little bit something to do with it. Tim asked why. I'll tell you right now. The reason is is because uh, all of the stupid people, the same types of people that got gun kicked uh, in trouble and fired to begin with are a lot of the same people that were trying to start the boycott of Captain Marvel. All those same stupid toxic people and alt-rights and and, um, Comicsgate and all those types of weirdos. All of those people were instrumental in getting him fired to begin with. All those people are the same ones that are trying to are trying to uh, get uh, Captain Marvel to do horribly. Well, guess what? We already know that they failed miserably on that to the point that they're now basically to the point where they're they're doing a few different things. They're accusing Disney of buying their own tickets to inflate the uh, box office. Makes no sense. Uh, we'll get to the box office for Captain Marvel here in a minute after I get done. Uh, dropping this knowledge and it's free 99 yes yeah so i mean basically they proved that those people have no effect on anything because all those people were saying oh we're gonna boycott captain marvel well obviously captain marvel did well and uh it was great those people had really no nothing to stand on anybody who was calling the movie horrible or her acting wooden or anything like that were obviously speaking from a point of uh bias so uh it would be easy for disney to look at the whole situation with captain marvel and say well those people didn't really have any effect on anything uh we could easily bring back captain marvel and it'll be just be the same exact people crying and we know that in the long run it's not gonna have any effect now it may not necessarily be that it may be a little bit of that it may not be that at all but the point is, is that james gunn is back baby and uh that's part six Part six. Part six. James Gunn, part six of the James Gunn, uh, uh, yeah, drama. So, uh, yeah, uh, Captain Marvel stayed number one in its second weekend, earning another $69.3 million. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot compared to what it did last week. It is a drop of 55%, but if you want to put that into context... Uh, Infinity War dropped 54% from the first to the second weekend. So about the same. So about the same. This also makes it, uh, despite dropping 55%, it is the in the top 20 second weekends of all time. And when you think about that, all time, all movies, not just superhero movies, not just any, not just movies that opened in, in March, all movies that opened all time. This is the 20th all time best second weekend of all time. That's a huge deal for a movie that uh, you know was going to suck, according to the the whiny babies. And uh, it added another hundred and almost hundred and twenty million overseas for a worldwide total of seven hundred and sixty point two million. Cool. 
That is already that is now over 266 million in domestic ticket sales, 494 million from overseas. This how has already passed Suicide Squad, Winter Soldier, Doctor Strange, Man of Steel, Justice League, Thor Dark World, Iron Man 2, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. All it has passed all of those movies not adjusting for inflation. Woo! Uh, it all overseas it also zoomed past Wonder Woman which only made 409 million in its uh overseas uh the uh, the amount of uh women who were going to the movie actually went up 1% from the first week into the second okay so yeah suck it haters <laughs> speaking of suck it on the haters uh end game obviously proved that uh as much as they want uh to believe that there's uh that nobody likes Brie Larson on the uh on the um Infinity uh, Endgame set, uh, or as much as they want to think that, uh, oh, Brie Larson is going to be recast because nobody likes her, and all these kind of stupid rumors that people that the stupid people like to spread around. Well, we got an Endgame trailer, number two, that was dropped uh, very inauspiciously at 5 o'clock in the morning, our time, uh, Pacific time, yet another morning drop that this guy over here doesn't like. Well, I don't like when, it's, uh, when they drop it when I'm not up. How about when they drop it like it's hot? Um, they can do that. That's pretty cool. I don't, <laughs> as long I don't, as you're awake? As long as I'm awake and, it's not, uh, and I have water. Because uh, if, if you're not awake, then that gives me the chance to send you something and say that I found it first. And yeah. you don't like that. Um, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Uh, strangely enough, I was actually, uh, for some reason, up at 5 a.m. And I was actually... For some reason. Uh, and uh, I just happened on... And I, uh, we uh, had... We're looking at Twitter, and then we refreshed, and all of a sudden there was a, the Captain Marvel, or I mean the uh, Endgame trailer was there. I'm like, what? Here it is, just out of the blue, nowhere. And then uh, at five in the morning, and I'm like, okay. Cool. Lots going on in this. God, it seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. I saw all these people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. 
whatever it takes. too <laughs> who's excited i'm excited i'm always excited whoa i like to go watch movies i can get my hot dogs and my nachos and my big uh light lemonade you know from the coke uh what do you call that coke machine thing i'm a bob i think freestyle. yeah like freestyle probably one of my favorite things to do. the freestyle constant just in general <laughs> i'm constantly excited about something that's coming out i thought i was thinking i was thinking the other day like if I were to die suddenly, I, I'd be pissed because I didn't get to see Star Wars. <laughs> there's always something to look forward to that you're like, well, I mean, I may have seen this, but I mean, what's the, what's the next thing? I mean, it's like, what are you going to miss next? It's like, right. damn, it sucks. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. A lot to take in there. Lots of possibilities. A few little uh, bits that uh, might suggest things. Like their outfits, their cool suits that uh, quantum sound. Uh, if there's anybody out there who hasn't seen Ant Man and the Wasp, and we're going to skip it, you might want to watch it. Yeah, watch it. You might want to watch that because uh, there's at least two things in this trailer here specifically that address and might reference things from Ant Man and the Wasp. Specifically, the shot where you see Scott looking at a at uh, the missing posters on the on the deserted street, uh, he appears to be pulling something. And anybody who saw him in the wasp remembers something that shrunk down small enough to be pulled like a luggage. Right. And then, of course, the suits at the end definitely suggest uh, that they're going to the quantum zone. Yeah, I remember that part. So, said if you haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp, those who may suggest that. You'll miss out on things if you don't if you miss one movie or the other. It, that may be true on some things, but other things, yeah, it's important. It's all connected. So uh, I think that's the coolest thing that they've and smartest thing that they've done with these Marvel movies is that most people are gonna see them all. Yeah, I mean, unless you know, minus your whiny, whiny people that oh, I don't like it. Blah blah blah. Some right. Aside from them, and like all the ones that claim they're going to be, they they skip Captain Marvel and they're going to just go straight to uh, Endgame because you know whatever their excuses are for skipping Captain Marvel, whether it's them being misogynistic pieces of garbage, or whether it's them oh her politics don't like me blah blah blah. And I'm talking about the general population, not those people. I'm talking about the you know most people are either going to see them all. Or they're going to make some excuse as to why one doesn't matter. Well, the or gen- they're just not the type that cares and they only go see the biggest Well, stuff. that's the thing. The general population is probably only seeing the big ones and they're not fo- able to, they're not really following along with the, uh, with things like that. Because in their mind, they, they th- they're thinking about it the same way that people think about Star Wars. Uh, the people that think, oh, I, uh, 
if they're connecting it, if there's things that are being connected from the animated series, that that's going to confuse me because I don't watch the animated series. You know what I'm talking about because I've talked about it on this podcast before. And, uh, you know, like with Solo. Oh, well, I didn't understand what was happening with Darth Maul at the end because I haven't watched any of the animated or read any of the comic books. Well, that's your problem. If you haven't watched or watched or read those things, then... You won't understand, but you should still be able to enjoy the movie for what it was. You just won't understand that inside little thing. But if you have seen those things, then you understand the little inside thing. Same with the Marvel movies. If you go in to watch all the just the Avengers movies or whatever, not having seen some of the in-between stuff, then you're going to be able to follow along with the basic story, but all the inside things that led up to there, you're not going to understand any of it. And that's basically your problem. So, you know, if you want to do that, that's your business, but... You know, nobody's forcing you to go see every movie. Go see the shit you want to see, but if but then don't complain about it when you don't understand something just because oh there was a female in that movie. Oh, there I was. That the, oh, the I didn't like how percentage uh, of people that you're talking about is really really small, but their well, voices are really big. Well, obviously because they didn't have any effect on the box office of the movie. So you get you get two hundred people that just are internet whores and type 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 you know big mouth but they sound like a lot more but you're, you're talking about a really small you're also talking people. about the then there's the apathetic people that are just like oh whatever oh whatever well they're not all going to get the huge huge numbers but what my point was is it's really smart on their part to not just do a movie with sequels they've got a whole series of movies that all intertwine right and again i think most fans real true fans are going to say i'm going to see all of them or at least 85 90 percent of these movies they which might is skip an ant-man type movie which is only sort of connects right but all of the big ones with the main characters they're going to want to connect all these movies and see every single one of them so then you've got your yeah because even i haven't seen all of them but i've seen enough to where i know what's going on or i know details from the movies i've missed to explain things that I don't know what's happening. Which so, ones haven't you seen? I haven't seen Iron Man 3, but I know enough that there's not really much that affects to the overall story in that. I've seen, I haven't seen, uh, I, uh, I haven't, the only one I probably have, haven't seen that has connecting things is Ragnarok. You haven't seen Ragnarok? No. Oh man, such a great movie. Yeah, I know. You can watch it for free on Netflix. I have it on Blu-ray. Well, why don't you watch it? I will. I also have Frozen and Tangled, but I haven't watched either of those. <laughs> well, Tangled's fantastic, but Frozen... Eh. I know. Uh, so, uh, were we going to talk about Captain Marvel or real fast to just give our quick reviews of that? Uh, I saw it again last night. Uh, paid a lot more attention to music and some other details and cool things. Uh, so, uh, just uh, we'll go around in uh, different things. Thoughts? I'm going to go with the, I like the era being in uh, in the 90s. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I love that. I like a lot of references to, to Top Gun. I love that walking out, you know, in the in the, in the flight jackets and everything. Yes. Like um, the cat's name. Um, Goose. Oh, Goose. Right, right, Clearly right. a Top right, Gun reference. Right, right. Very much so. Because uh, in case uh, those who didn't know, actually, uh, the, the cat's name was Chewy in the comics. And he was based uh, named after Chewbacca. Yeah, but uh, being uh, the setting of the movie, yeah, they uh, having the actual stuff 
reference the relevant stuff taking place in the late 80s uh definitely places it that post uh top gun big thing especially for uh pilots and things yeah that's that's what i really liked about it you know just the time setting was really cool besides the the storyline and everything uh no spoilers but uh it did for me get a little predictable i did uh basically figure it out what was going to happen before it happened before you get to the point where oh i already kind of knew what was going to happen so it was a little predictable uh predictable for me i don't know if anyone else already knew you know what was going to happen i don't think that makes a bad move no being able to tell how things might play out is not necessarily uh reminiscent of a bad film i just think that's that just says a lot for the story it depends on if, if there's other things going on uh there's a certain period in the movie where they get to a person's house and there's a lot of people now, I don't know if this is all coming from the stupid people or if it's just people who want to complain about something just for the sake of complaining. There's people that say that once the movie gets to the gets to uh, Maria Rambeau's house that it, the movie slows down. I 100% disagree, especially after watching the movie again last night and uh, paying attention during the scene. There's a lot of great character stuff going on in this scene. There's a lot of great dialogue and back and forth, uh, especially once uh, you know Talos shows up. And uh, you got a lot of great stuff going on there. And I totally disagree that that's a slow part of the movie. I don't know if you guys... Because uh, there's a lot of people that are of the mind where, oh, it's an action movie. It needs to be action the whole time. Where no. they feel like that they're... Some, some people treat that way, though. Some people are 100% the types where, oh, it needs to be going the whole time. I, can't, I don't have time for all this standing around uh, talking. Dude, not even Mad Max Fury Road has action nonstop. And that's like... <laughs> That's like the quintessential nonstop action movie, right? Even that movie has some downtime with little bits of story and stuff. What do they expect? It can't be. I mean, not not even the Transformers movies have action nonstop. That probably would have made those better if Shia LaBeouf would have talked less. <laughs> LaBeouf? LaBeouf. If LaBeouf would have talked uh, less, that might have made the movie better. Well, you know how they say that, what's his name, the director? is uh, Michael Bay, yes. He's constantly blowing things up, and that's, you know... Again, it's it, there still needs to be some downtime with story. no, no, one hundred percent, and especially with an origin film, you can't have it be all action. You have to have some uh, some uh, exposition and exp- ex- explaining things and other you know stuff going on. I mean, you had to get there and set up for going into space and doing the th- all of the third act, basically. So I met Labouf. Did you? You met yeah. the Labouf? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. When did you? So when did you? Are we allowed to spoilers here? For uh, it depends movie, on the but, spoiler. Nothing major. Uh, you said you figured out what was going on. There's a friend that maybe isn't a friend at some point. Uh, when did you have that pegged? Because I think that's what you're talking. Is that what you're about, talking about? Right? Yeah. You figured out that he was bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I know your memory is not your it attribute. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, they did telegraph it quite a bit, just by the fact of how uh, tentative he was and how he was obviously. The more you figured out that the, she was being lied to, the more it was obvious that you know certain people weren't too as uh, friendly as what they may have seemed. Now, feel free to cut this out if you want, but being as this is a cut it out <laughs> throwback movie, yes, uh, or you know a. Uh, flashback film yes so to speak in the current marvel universe isn't it 
pretty well known that that species is it not good? Uh, no, because the you're talking about the scrolls. The scrolls have not been mentioned. Not scrolls. The oh, the Cree. The Cree. It's well known that the Cree are not good guys. No, not necessarily. It's the only thing we know about the Cree uh, officially in the Marvel universe is that uh, we just discussed it a couple of weeks ago. That uh, at least as far as when they were still connected with Shield, uh, it was a Cree that uh, Cree blood from a dead Cree that we still don't know where it came from because obviously. Shield is separate, but uh, it was a Cree blood that brought Coulson back to life in Agents of Shield. Uh, as far as the movies go, the only thing we know for sure about the Cree is from Guardians of the Galaxy One, and that's Ronan, who of yeah. course appears in this movie pre uh, going off on the deep end. Because uh, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, spoilers for those who haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, spoilers for that. Uh, it's ex- not a good guy. Explained and it's explained though in in dialogue that Ronan is who is an accuser of the Kree race. They're basically, like I said, in in uh, he they're doing their thing in Captain Marvel. Uh, he is pissed off that the Kree have signed a treaty with Nova, the planet that Glenn Close and the uh, the that's being attacked at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, by Ronan. Ronan is mad that they signed a treaty. He doesn't think that they should be signing treaties with anybody. In other words, probably by this point, the scrolls are long gone, so the Kree don't have the scrolls to push around because of the events of Captain Marvel. So by this time, the Kree have turned around and are probably bothering their next neighbor, kind of like how when, uh, you know, kind of like uh, when things going going well for Hitler against, uh, against, uh, the Soviet Union, he had to turn around and kind of abandon that. Uh, so the Kree obviously turned around and they were like, okay, well, we're going to attack our other neighbor who were obviously the Novans. Poland. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so they, but then they obviously, they signed a treaty at some point and that made Ronan unhappy. So he decided to wage his own little private war. Because he's an asshole. Because he's an asshole. Right. And even though he was contracted by Thanos to get the, to get the, uh, the 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 um the orb with the uh the mine st- or the whichever stone that was that was in it the space stone I don't remember uh whichever stone it was that that uh, was the MacGuffin of uh Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy one that's the one that uh ends up the collector and then the collector gets it in uh, Infinity War or he gets it from Thanos gets it from the collector at the same time he uh, kidnaps Gamora in Infinity War. The, uh, oh no, wait, no, that's the one he steals from Nova. He's already stolen it from Nova. Never mind. Anyways, the, uh, the point is, is that, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Ronin has gone off the deep end. Obviously, uh, Koroth, who's one of the, uh, not to be confused when Anthony goes off the deep end. Right, no. <laughs> uh, Koroth, who was in, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 as the bounty hunter at the beginning, the one who's Star-Lord, who? That guy. And uh, he's working for Ronin. Uh, he was obviously also in Captain Marvel. He was one of the... Uh, you up with the black guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's a great actor. The guy with like the swords. Him. I really like him. Damon Honsu. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he, I've liked him ever since uh, Amistad and uh, Gladiator. Wasn't he in um, Hotel Rwanda? Yes, I yeah, believe so. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. He's like one of the warlord guys uh, or something. 
uh, what's his name? Uh, War Machine was also in that one. Yeah. Well, he's the main guy. Yeah, he's the main yeah. guy. Oh, not Kiss. Not, not that A couple War of Machine. good movies. Um, anyways, so yeah, getting back, that's why uh, Ronan kind of, that's what happened. Whatever happens in between Guardian or uh, Captain Marvel and Guardians, uh, that's whatever Ronan ends up, and then Koroth ends up working for him. But uh, I remember the answer to your question. Okay. <laughs> it's when she first made contact and was on the phone. The first time. Oh. The first in, time. In the parking lot. Yes. Uh, right away, you figure, oh, wait a minute. It was in the face, wasn't it? Wait a minute. It was in the in the, in the phone call. Something's not good here. When uh, you like, don't do nothing, and that's when I knew. Yeah. So I just, uh, the music was great. Yeah. The music was pretty good. I liked it. There was, uh, I was going to say the, I don't have it in front of me. I feel bad. I don't have the name of the composer. Uh, it's an early, she's kind of new. She hasn't really done a whole lot. But it, it's kind of a, it was a really good, uh, unique uh, soundtrack. I like it. A lot of uh, good uh, upbeat stuff at towards the end. Uh, the uh, choice of music was really good. A lot of good, uh, obviously, n- mid-90s uh, stuff. I saw a lot of people uh, complaining about uh, the uh, choice of the uh, No Doubt song at the end when I thought that was perfect. But, uh, you know, No Doubt haters, whatever. Uh, I want to bring this back to Pulp Fiction for hey, a listen, minute. That connects to Disney because, you know, they performed on the Tomorrowland Terrace stage. Oh, yes, they did during uh, many grad nights. Mm-hmm. The uh, I want to bring this back to Pulp Fiction for a minute because in case you didn't uh, think that this could be brought back to Pulp Fiction, it 100% can be because there is lots of uh, visualizations that are very, very uh, Pulp Fiction-esque, not only because of the fact that Samuel L. Jackson is in both movies, but uh, those of you that may know that there is a scene in Pulp Fiction where Samuel L. Jackson is uh, in the ho- in the room with the with the kid, along with uh, John Travolta, and he has this shake from the uh, the burger place where he has the burger, and he takes the shake and he starts drinking it. Uh, the shot is identical to the shot of uh, Talos drinking the shake when they first show up. Emeria's. Uh, there's a shot of, you know, when Talos is drinking the shake. Yeah. Uh, it's identical to the shot of a uh, shot of uh, Samuel L. Jackson drinking the shake in Pulp Fiction. Right down to it's the same, other than being a different color, it's the same exact kind of striped uh, generic uh, cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also going even further back for a Tarantino in uh, in Reservoir Dogs, Michael Madsen also has a shot where he's drinking a cup. And it's the same color as the one that uh, Talos is using. Also, in relation to uh, Samuel L. Jackson, there's a uh, shot when uh, Fury and Coulson, quote-unquote Coulson, are chasing after the uh, the uh, the train with Captain Marvel on it. Mm-hmm. The uh, There's a shot of them sitting next to each other, and it's an identical shot to a shot from... Pulp Fiction of uh, Travolta and uh, and Sam Jackson in the car, and oh. it's funny because they're almost dressed the same. Because I don't know if you know, in Pulp Fiction, uh, they're all wearing black, black, black and white suits, yeah. and uh, of course, in that, they're also wearing black and white suits. Clearly, the creators are uh, big uh, Tarantino fans and wanted to create some little cool little Easter eggs for Sam Jackson. All right, so last thoughts on uh, Captain Marvel. 
awesome, man. I really liked it. Yeah, it was cool. No, it was a good movie. Yeah, uh, where do you put it in the MCU movies? Your... I can't tell you. Uh, I don't know how to figure that out. I mean, it's definitely better than uh, the first two Thor movies. That's for sure. <laughs> I put it like five to seven, top five to seven, along with also... Uh, I have to say that they're... You know, the first Iron Man movies were fantastic, but the there was a little bit of a dip, and the the movies have since been getting better. Uh, Winter Soldier is still my favorite. Uh, nah, what? Didn't like it. What? What? Why was it your favorite? I just think it has everything. It's like a great spy story. It has a really good plot. Like, you don't see what's coming. Like, Spoilers in case you don't know what happened in that. You don't see the shield. The way that the in the same way that everybody kind of saw the ending for Cap, the the twist for Captain Marvel coming. There's no way that anybody could say they saw the shield uh, Hydra thing coming in in Winter Soldier. Okay. Or that Robert Redford's character was a bad guy, was Hydra, or any of that stuff. You don't remember the movie enough to. No, I remember. I just, I don't, I don't know. know. I just didn't like it. Okay, maybe you're just not into that kind of uh, more spy thriller type movie. It, to me, it was more like kind of like a James Bond or like a Bourne type movie. That's probably <clears throat> what I didn't like about it. Oh well, it wasn't superhero-y enough. Oh okay. I mean, honestly, like Bucky is the bad guy, kind of felt forced, and like there were. But that's it's directly like he wasn't. That's directly from the comics. It though. is the whole is. Winter Soldier thing is from and the the mind the mind control from Hydra. That's all from the comic. But when you're choosing which comic stories, you know, because they make these books every week, comic books. When you're choosing which stories to put into a feature film, uh, I mean, Civil War, great choice. I don't know if I would have done it as a Captain America film. I think that's bigger. It was bigger than that. Um, but yeah, I just thought that the winter soldier thing was not, not on the level with a superhero film that we expected. Well, I mean, you're going to have to, there's going to be a lot of different kinds of superhero movies. Not every superhero movie is going to feel like a superhero movie. I mean, Dr. Strange, there's no way that it feels like a superhero movie. It doesn't, but yet, but then again, then you got like the iron, the Ant-Man movies with are more like heist movies. Based on what the strengths of the character are, you're going to have the different movies be more to their strengths. Like, like I said, the Ant-Man movies are more like heist movies. You get the the Captain America movies are more like a spy, or especially when you have like uh, you know Captain America or uh, or Black Widow. Uh, 100% the Black Widow movie should be 100% like a spy thriller, depending on when it takes place. Uh, if anything, the, the the best time for that to take place would be post uh, Winter Soldier because everybody broke up. And that's when it should have been made, anyways. But th- thanks for nothing, stupid Ike Perlmutter. I hate I, that guy. I hate that guy. So I mean, at some point, we're gonna have a lot of new characters that are gonna start being introduced into the uh, MCU. Uh, some of them are gonna be a little bit more along the lines of your your straightforward superhero like Captain Marvel. Some of them maybe not so much, like Shang Chi. Oh, I like that drink. You're a Shang-Chi. Thank you. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Shang-Chi is a Asian martial art 
Uh, it's based on the comic book Masters of Kung Fu. Master of Kung Fu, I believe, was the name of the comic book. Uh, it's a, probably most people at Marvel would consider it a lesser-known comic book. Uh, I happen to remember the character. Uh, he was teamed up a lot with uh, Iron Fist, naturally, and uh, Luke Cage. Uh, that's why it's interesting that he's going to be going straight to the movies because uh, maybe that means that at some point we might get those other ones uh, working together with him. Uh, he also has been known to also work with uh, uh, Doctor Strange and a lot of those types of people that operate out of New York, even Spider-Man. Uh, you would uh, basically you would consider him what a lot of people consider the the urban superheroes, and that's where usually your Punisher, Spider-Man, uh, Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all those are usually considered your urban superheroes of the Marvel universe. They're all kind of like you know not in you know, flying around in jets yeah. and stuff. They're all. But they're not doing this as a Netflix series. This no, is no, no. This is going feature this film. Is feature film, part of the MCU. Uh, they fired their director. His name is Destin Daniel Cretton. He will direct it. He is best well known, interestingly enough, for an indie movie called Short Term Twelve, which ha- just happened to star Brie Larson. <laughs> And uh, she was, uh, it was a well, well acclaimed in that, and uh, it won many uh, independent awards, and it was widely considered to be uh, a uh, tragedy that Brie Larson wasn't nominated for any awards for that. And uh, he w- also uh, directed a movie called The Glass Castle in 2017, also starring Brie Larson. And right now, he's actually currently directing a movie called Just Mercy that is a... I believe it's uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's an exact, like, uh, it's basically like a, a, a biopic. And uh, that just happens to be starring, yes, you guessed it, Brie Larson <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan. I like that guy. From Black Panther. So uh, the guy knows what he's doing around uh, future Marvel, future or past Marvel uh, actors. Uh, the chances of uh, Shang-Chi uh, teaming up with Captain Marvel probably are kind of not as high as but uh the fact that he has worked with brie means that there's wouldn't be uh an impossibility obviously uh so we'll have to see what happens obviously michael b jordan's character died so uh spoilers if you haven't seen black panther so uh we'll have to see what happens with that the character shang chi first appeared in marvel comics in 1973 he was created by the great uh, comic creators Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin. They actually, uh, Marvel had failed to acquire the comic book rights to the television series Kung Fu, and this was their answer to that. It was basically their Kung Fu, oh. which is why it was probably just called the Master of Kung, or what did I say, Master of, yeah, Masters of Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. His father was the uh, infamous uh, pulp villain Fu Manchu. Uh, he was a pretty hit character in the 70s, and then he saw a revival more recently as a member of the Avengers in uh, a uh, to what 2012 Marvel Now event. Uh, the script for Shang-Chi has been written by the same guy who wrote Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, this is a big deal because you're looking at uh, definitely having quite a large uh, Asian-American and Asian cast. That'll be great because uh, it's definitely not enough... Uh, of their uh, representation in movies, especially after the big hole of Baloo about the uh, the ancient one in Doctor Strange. 
Uh, most likely this movie will probably be somewhere in the vicinity of uh, releasing uh, around the same time as Guardians 3, I would imagine. That'll probably be in the second part of Phase 4, because uh, as of right now, most likely Phase 4 is going to start with uh, Black the Black Widow movie, a Black Panther and Doctor Strange sequel, and then the first uh, the first appearance of The Eternals, which may set the stage for Mutants. Oh, you think that's going to be there? The future of Marvel movies is just going to more and more obscure characters, or do you think at some point they'll just hit the reset button? No, I mean they're never going to run out of uh, players. I mean you can always. I mean they're already setting up for a change of the basic change of the guard for the Avengers. You're already looking at you're changing from it being uh, you know Tony Cap and uh, and. Uh, whoever you would call the third major one, Thor, I guess, Tony Cap and Thor. You're looking at a major shift from Tony Cap Thor to uh, to Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Strange as being your top three probably in the next phase is what it, where, where we're probably leading for that. Because either probably uh, one or two or all of the all of the all those ones are probably Tony Cap, uh, Thor, or uh, Widow, any of those or numbers of those are probably going to die at some point. B squad, you know. So I mean, uh, it's it's a normal throughout the history of the Avengers for uh, different, uh, just like it is with the Justice League, for different uh, groups to come along and take over. Uh, that's the thing is that you know, I mean, definitely uh, Captain Marvel and Black Panther are two big characters that can definitely step into the next phase of the uh, MCU and take the lead with other. The characters being introduced like Shang Chi, and then along the lines, uh, start introducing your uh, your Fox uh, characters, whether it's the Fantastic Four, whether it's mutants, whether it's you know whatever, you know more Spider Man stuff. Obviously, along the line, Spider Man is the other next one. Uh, I don't well, think he's, he's the really first crossover. Basically. Well, he's not really old enough to uh, be a leader of the Avengers, but he's definitely the next, uh, as far as the next in that next uh, phase of the uh, Avengers leadership. So yeah, that's cool. All kinds of stuff happening. I guess what? Uh, I don't know. I went to the park yesterday. You did? Do you know why? To stand in line or to take an hour to get into the park? To take an hour to get to the park. Now, that was just some crazy shit, dude, because I was just like, I got off the freeway. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to do Dan's route. Dan does not get off on Catella. He gets off on Orangewood. And I'm going to go that way. So I, you know, get off on Orangewood and go up to uh, Harbor. And I'm right when I made the, the, the right to go up Harbor, boom, I hit a big old line of cars that are waiting to get into Toy Story parking. Of course, yeah, be, prior to that, probably like two hours or something before that, is when Disneyland or Disney announced that uh, Making and Friends was full. But right when I made that turn is when Disney tweeted that it's open now. I'm like, well, why aren't these people headed over there instead of being this line? So, why yeah. Why you headed over there? Because I don't park there. Why would you want to park there? Maybe they didn't park there either. They should have parked there. That's my point. They should have head over there and parked there and not cause this big old traffic jam when I'm trying to park. So basically you're important and they're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know that's true. <laughs> so anyway, 
I, from the time I uh, made that turn or that tweet came out, tried to turn into the parking lot, and then they did have uh, traffic officers out there guiding traffic, and it was just a madhouse. It was crazy. I got up into the parking or the the tolls. I uh, gave them my pass. They scanned it, and I probably sat there for a minute right by the toll because uh, you had a whole bunch of cars leaving. So, of course, they had only one lane uh, of traffic leaving, you know, going out, of course. And everyone, you know how you get, you go and you park, you go to the tolls, and then everyone's trying to uh, funnel into one lane to park. So you had all these cars trying to funnel, and then you have cars leaving, so the cast members are holding the cars coming in to try to get the cars going out. But now you're creating more mass because now there's backup of cars trying to get out because the light is Back red. It up. The light is red or people are crossing the street and they can't turn yet or whatever might be going on. Because yeah, I believe all you could do is either just turn left or turn right. You couldn't uh, make a left turn because those lanes were used for traffic coming in. So it was just crazy. Uh, by the time I parked, got on the bus, and uh, passed security, it was probably about an hour that I finally got into the resort. It was just just crazy. But that is not the reason why I actually went to the park. It wasn't because I wanted to wait in line and try to get, you know, take an hour to get in. It's not. No, it was because I went to go see Bubba. Bubba. Bubba was here for the Food and Wine Festival, a.k.a. hashtag Spring Forward of Fatness. And he was getting the fatness on because he was trying everything he can get uh, before he had to leave. But one thing that Bubba did try was that Minnie Mouse uh, donut with the cherry uh, filling inside. It's basically like a, uh, their version of a cronut, I believe. And uh, that thing was big. It's actually bigger than I thought it was. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that donut actually is, is like nine bucks. Ugh. Yeah, I know. A dozen donuts for nine bucks. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. But... It was bigger than I thought. It was really a, a cute-looking donut with Minnie Mouse-themed and everything. And uh, a lot of frosting on the top and around the sides with the... I don't know if this is the 90 sprinkle thing going on here. I don't know if this is one of those 90 sprinkle things. But anyway, Bubba's all... Hey, uh, if you want to have some, you can. And I was like, oh, I don't think I should be having any. I'm like, okay, I could have a little bit. <laughs> so I did try it. Uh, the The filling was really good, of course, cherry filling. The donut was all right, considering it was uh, late at night. Probably been there all day, so it was kind of like dry, dried out, not too uh, soft in the middle. I want my money back. I didn't pay for it, so <laughs> I just had a taste of it. It was cool. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I wanted to try. And since I had a bite of it, I don't need to buy it now. So I tried it. It's okay. If you guys uh, want to try it, go ahead, try it. But I, if you think you can eat it all, go for it. But I, there's no way I would be able to eat all of this. And Bubba couldn't eat all of it either. So he actually left a lot. Well, not a lot, but he left a, a piece or two that he couldn't finish and had to throw it away. But I would suggest that if you do try this, uh, try it with someone else, you know, share it because it's really, it is that big and you expect it to be uh, big for $9. It would have to be. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. I've seen the pictures, but I didn't think it was going to be that big. So not bad. Uh, you can try that. And they also have uh, the Mickey Mouse one that has apple filling inside. What's this one have? Cherry. Oh, I probably would do that. 
no, I didn't want to do the apple. Do the apple so I'm glad they didn't have the apple because that's the one he was going to get. But he said all they had was cherry, so that's good for me because I don't like apple. What's well, so, good for the goose is good for the gander. I like that cat. So anyway, uh, yeah, try that uh, Minnie Mouse donut. It's over there at Schmoozies. You can uh, get your nine dollars out and <laughs> try that that donut. But it was pretty cool to see Bubba. We just hung out and just uh, tried the donut, and we went to go check out some stuff going on over. Oh, he wanted to go check out the what do you call it? That store in the Hollywood Land, the back lot, the studio store. Went to go check that out. And uh, wandering Oakens, yeah, that too. Went to go just do some shopping. Went into uh, Elias and, and Co. Did some shopping over there, but we just basically just hung out, so it was cool. Just went over there to see him, and then he uh, they decided to leave a little bit early. So after that, all I did, I, I went to uh, to Disneyland just to go chill for a little bit, and uh, I uh, text Anthony and show him a picture of everyone who was in the Esplanade waiting for fireworks, and they didn't have any fireworks. They just had the projections going on. Why? I, probably because of high winds. I was going to say it was a Sunday. I, yeah. I was confused of why there was no fireworks, but I didn't want to ask you. Oh, okay. I didn't want to seem stupid, like, oh, there, was, there weren't supposed to be any. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess it was high winds because I, was, I wasn't planning to stay there that long. I was going to leave at 9.30 when it starts, so I didn't have to wait on the big old line for the bus. And... So I'm walking out. I took the train from Tomorrowland, uh, and I was walking out, and the show was on, and I noticed there was no fireworks or anything. I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And then I, it was kind of you know breezy out there. And then I'm walking in the Esplanade, and all these people are sitting down like they're just waiting. Didn't know that the show already started. So that's why I, I just sent Anthony that picture. That was funny. <laughs> they're all waiting. Denied a fireworks show for the night. But, yeah, I, I didn't. I, like I said, left at 930, just... Uh, Together pretty quickly. Didn't want to wait that long for a bus since it was a cluster trying to even get in the parking lot. All right, so today uh, Disney announced the return of the Disney Channel Fan Fest, which happened last year with uh, the Disney Channel stars. It will return to the Disneyland Resort on April 27th. It says to come hang out with the stars from the shows like Descendants 3, Zombies, Kim Possible, Andy Mack, Raven's Home, Sydney to the Mac, Coop and Cammy Ask the World, Bunked, The Zartvark, and an upcoming uh, new show called Just Roll With It. What? No DuckTales actors? What? No Woo. animation? What? Woo. What's what's happening? Woo. I think that they're going to be on break that day. I don't know what's happening. Uh, basically, they're going to be, uh, well, you know, DuckTales was the new thing last year. Uh, this year, it's probably because of uh, Descendants 3. And, of course, the other new two or three new shows that uh, just came out. This past year, but yeah, just like last but Diggs, year. how can they have a Disney Channel animation celebration featuring Ducktales, Big City Greens, and Amphibia if there's no Ducktales people there to talk about it? Well, probably because they're just going to have things there that I don't know what they're actually doing. <laughs> hey, uh, how you doing? <laughs> so just like last year, they're going to have uh, the meet and greets with the different celebrities, and of course, you have to. Get a wristband, and then, of course, they're going to be uh, giving those out in the park opening. And, of course, uh, it's first come, first serve, while supplies last. And they're going to go pretty quick. I'm going to say Descendants 3 is going to go fast. Uh, Descendants 3, Kim Possible and Andy Mack. Oh, and probably Raven. They're probably going to be the four popular ones. Yeah. 
Probably Annie Mac and Raven, probably over Kim Possible. I don't know. I so, mean, it was all about that bun- that bunked and bizarre Vark uh, wristband you got last year, right? No, last year. Isn't that year, the one you got? No, I uh, I got DuckTales. For, oh, no, I didn't, oh, I forgot. Oh, for the meet and greet? No, for the meet and oh, greet. Oh, yeah. I don't remember which one I got, but I didn't go. I know. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot which one I got. Because it was for Bizarre Verk. Uh, yeah, I think it was Bizarre Verk and Bunked you got. Oh, right, right. One of those, yeah. So it says uh, fans will enjoy live interactive main stage sessions, question, uh, Q&A, musical performances, pre- uh, presentations by talent and creators from the Disney television, animation, sneak peeks, and highly anticipated Disney uh, Channel original movies like Descendants 3. So that's probably going to be going on over to stage 17. I think it's funny how they add, they uh, added how Disney uh, or the, how guests can uh, also explore exciting lands that, uh, that brings the Disney life stories Characters, uh, they uh, focus on the Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, and the Incredicoaster. I don't understand why they needed to throw that out there. Uh, it just didn't make sense to me. Because, you know, for all those people that are going to go buy tickets to Disneyland just to go to this. I guess. So, I mean, I'm looking at this and it doesn't say anything about uh, fast, the Fan Fest Parade like they had last year at Disneyland Park. Uh, it's right at the top. Fan Fest Cavalcade at 11 oh. a.m. It's inside DCA, though. Oh. It's right at the top of the schedule. You see the schedule, right? No, I don't. I'm on Parks Blog. Oh, uh, the D20, you have to click on oh. the link in the D, the Parks Blog one. You have to click on the link to get to the schedule. Uh, D23 posted the actual schedule. That's how I knew about the animation celebration. Oh, uh, that's why I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? All right, so yeah, there we go. So yeah, like Anthony said, the, the cavalcade is at Disney California Adventure at 11 a.m., no uh, Disneyland Park this year, and uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'll I'll post the schedule on the main stage sessions that are gonna be going on, so you know what time all these uh, uh, different shows are gonna be on the stage doing their Q and As. Well, yeah, if you guys are interested in this, make sure you head to the park right when rope drop happens. You can probably be there with Michael the Mail Guy because he loves rope drop, and get your wristbands so you can do the meet and greets, take your pictures, and. Uh, all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, the kids would love to go and check this stuff out. So that's uh, Saturday, April 27th. I went through last year. It was pretty cool. I mean, I did enjoy looking the or doing the the Q and A with uh, Ducktales cast. That was really cool. And like the, the parade last year was uh, pretty cool because that was uh, they used all the Main Street uh, vehicles for that. So this probably I didn't get to see the cavalcade for the Mighty Ducks. Or the ducks, or whatever. I didn't get to see that, so it's probably gonna. If you guys seen that, it's probably gonna be uh, similar to that. Whatever they did for that one. Now, uh, just for context, the first thing after the cavalcade in the morning is called the roll. Just roll with an interactive session. That's at twelve p.m. Uh, just for context about what just roll with it is, it is a groundbreaking new show that lets the studio audience choose your own choose their own adventure. Uh, the new series is centered around the. Blended Bennett Blatt family and features step siblings Blair and Owen, who cannot be more different. Unlike other shows, though, at the sound of a horn, the actors break from the scene and go backstage while the audience votes to decide which of three outrageous stunts will take place. <laughs> Once votes are cast electronically, the re- actors return to the stage to continue the scene and find out what happens next, which could be anything from having eat something gross to enduring Ew. a hilarious physical challenge. Or being surprised by an awkward guest star. Interesting. So 
uh, going along with that, the Just Roll With It interactive session may be basically a live version of kind of like a live version of how they're going to do the show. Yeah. They may do a little, like a little clip. Kind of like how at the DuckTales you guys had the read-through of uh, an episode that ended up being an actual episode. Yeah. Even though it was written specifically for that, but it ended up being used for an episode. Uh, this may be like a little bit of an actual episode that maybe somebody specifically wrote for this that's going to have maybe one or two of these interactive things where they're going to let the audience vote somehow. That's the only thing I could figure with it being interactive. So uh, just some uh, little background on that show in case anybody's interested. Sounds cool. Yeah. When do you think that they'll do the progression of the those shows? You got DuckTales. Do you think they'll do Tailspin and... I don't know. It's too early to tell. I mean, Darkwing Duck. Uh, Darkwing's the next most obvious one to introduce because he's already been, quote unquote, on the show as the show within the show. Yeah. But we also know that the actor who plays Darkwing Duck has been on the, that they've had him, that they're, they've been on the show. So they could do a whole thing with that. So, uh, I just think that it's they're but the, the, missing out if they don't do the all locations three of dark or of Tailspin and uh, I believe uh, Rescue Rangers have both been mentioned on the show, right? Yes, I believe so. Because uh, we know that Cape Suzette has been mentioned, yeah. two or three times, including that's where Donald or uh, was threatening to move to uh, towards the end of uh, last season. And uh, I, where does uh, Rescue Rangers take place? I don't know. Remember, I, remember. I think that might have been also mentioned. And of course, uh, Saint Canard has been mentioned several times. Like I said, with Duck, with uh, Darkwing. So uh, they're they're setting up. Uh, I think it's just one of those things where it's going to have to be kind of like uh, maybe with like the uh, the CW shows where you know we didn't get Flash until like the third season of Arrow. Okay. You know, it might be one of those type of things where maybe we're going to get a couple seasons of DuckTales and then by the, by that, by the, you know, remember DuckTales originally wasn't, uh, we didn't get Rescue Rangers until like the third or fourth season of DuckTales. So DuckTales was the first originally, right? Yes. Okay. And then the others just kind of slowly jumped on. Uh, in fact, I, well, Duck, uh, Rescue Rangers and Tailspin came at the same time and then Darkwing came at the end and then finally Goof Troop and then one started going away and then it just went downhill with bonkers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Poor definitely. Bonkers. I have a bonkers. I'm button. sorry. I, I don't. I've never liked. Bon- I never liked bonkers. Uh, if you guys liked bonkers, that's okay though. I have a bonkers button. Good for you. So yeah, go uh, check that out. Uh, when is that again? Did we say what when that was? Yeah, April 27th. Saturday, Saturday. April 27th. So articles floating around Disneyland Paris for the first time in over a decade is profitable. A little bit of history. Uh, Disneyland Paris was built taking out huge loans. So it's rarely been profitable in its time uh, because they've always had to have all these huge interest payments on their debt. Uh, What's helped them recently was that two years ago, I believe in 2017, the Disney company basically made a, or no, in 2013, they made a billion dollar payment. Um, or a billion euro payment to pay down the debt um, so that the interest wouldn't be as much. And then two years ago, uh, the Walt Disney Company actually took over full ownership of Disneyland Paris. Previously, it had been uh, partially owned by a Saudi prince and uh, the French government. 
um, with a small portion being owned by Disney. So uh, things have, from the people I know that go there, I've, I've a lot of friends in Holland. We've uh, Elizabeth and I visited a few years ago and uh, made some pin trading friends in Holland, and we stay in touch. And they said things have gotten a lot better there. Uh, things are cleaner the staff's better there's just a lot of improvements that have been made and they're doing you we've talked about it here on the podcast some huge expansions are coming for over there too uh, in their second park uh, so it's exciting and it's good that they're making a profit because that means that they'll be doing more stuff right hopefully you can only imagine that if they're gonna make money they're gonna do more crap yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you know the I think their expansion was like 2024 they were they were estimating or something they're doing they're basically taking out their studio tour putting in a long walkway with like a lake at the end yeah and then the lake is going to have like three lands at the end of it or, or or the first expansion land is marvel but it's basically taking over parts of the park that are already there i think they're going to do the rock and roller coaster is going to change themes to like iron man or something and then they're stunt show area is going to become some attraction, but frozen and star Wars are going to be at the end of the lake with room for a third something. It could be cars or uh, Zootopia or whatever. Uh, Zootopia's coincidentally is, is um, they're talking about adding that into Shanghai because Zootopia is one of the uh, highest grossing films uh, overseas. Oh Yeah. We've got info from the other side. From the kitchen. Intro from the kitchen. Well, there you go. The Chinese like the Zootopians. So that's all I got as far as the uh, Disneyland Paris. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, stunt shows, I saw... Oh, I thought you were going to say speaking of Paris water. Uh, Yes. No, speaking of stunt shows, I saw the other day that the... uh, You know, those of you that have ever been to... uh, Hollywood Studios slash Disney MGM Studios, whatever you want to call it. I uh, know that the Disney or the uh, Indiana Jones stunt show there, that that's always yeah. been pretty awesome. Uh, it's getting an upgrade. An upgrade? That, which is surprising considering there was so many, there was so many rumors over the years that it was going to be taken out and that they were going to, that it was going to be uh, a part of the acts of when Star Wars land gets built and stuff like that. And people that thought that Star Wars, when, when people assumed that Star Wars was going to be, adjacent to where uh, Star Tours is at Hollywood Studios, whereas it's not going to really be. It's going to be more towards the back. Right. Uh, people thought that that part might be, because uh, those of you that have been to Florida knows that the Indiana Jones stunt show is on the left uh, side of the park just before you get to the Star Wars section where Star Tours is. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Star, land, Star Wars lands on the right side, essentially, if heading that direction. I thought it was in the back on the left. Because uh, Toy Story lands in the back center. Hmm. I thought Star Wars was going to be back left. Maybe it is back back right. I don't know. I think it's behind. So that. it's to the right of Toy Story, or I thought it was to the left of Toy Story. I right? don't know where Toy Story is, but Toy Story is in the middle. Back my understanding middle. that was that it would be across from. I guess it is behind. Anyway, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to look at some maps. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, the uh, Indiana Jones stunt show is not going anywhere. Apparently, it is getting an upgrade. So uh, hopefully that just means that maybe, I don't know if it'll be a new uh, show where they're going to do some upgraded sets or if they're just going to 
redo and put in nicer because you know how the the bleachers there were kind of kind of chintzy kind of cheap looking bleachers I mean, they should and, put in like recliners like at the amc i don't know about all that <laughs> but uh, uh and uh, uh have service to you right yeah bring your food yeah, yeah exactly uh but no i mean it's been i don't think it's likely that they're gonna dump indie one disney owns the ip i mean they've, they've already they already pay to own the rights to indiana jones so to get rid of it is a little silly. I mean, what else are they going to put in its place? But number well, two, now really that they own any rights because they own it now. Well, they own Lucasfilm, but Steven Spielberg owns half of the indie franchise. Uh, yeah, sort of. So they, but they are I'm saying they already own the IP as far as uh, the the licensing, but now they own half of that anyway. So I think that it stands to reason that. Uh, that Disney's going to push to make more indie films. And in fact, I've heard some talk of that as well. I know you have as well, right? What? You've heard some talk of them pushing to make new indie films. Yes, there yeah. is a. There's already indie uh, four already has a date technically. Five. Crystal yes, Skull five, is five. Crystal I'm Skull sorry, is five. 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 No, Crystal is four. Okay. Anyway. I think that it's silly to think they're going to get rid of it, but to have some sort of upgrade, it's been that same story. You know, they bring they bring a a person from the audience in, and then the person from the audience isn't really from the audience. It's a plant, and then they do bring some real audience members down, uh, and they have to do little things, and then the boulder. I mean, it would it would be cool if they changed it a little bit, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Have you I seen never, that show? No, I've no. never been there. You should watch it on YouTube. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Every so often we get these uh, interesting stories that come across, whether it's an article or something you hear in a group. So I decided that every time I find one of these, I'll do a, a segment here on the show called Tales from the Disneyverse. So I came across this article. It's in People Magazine on their online on the website. It says, Disney World guest who, quote, lost her boyfriend in Epcot for hours goes viral with a plea for help. Uh, She, quote, unquote, lost her boyfriend at Walt Disney World in Epcot. They went on a couple's trip, and while exploring Epcot, they got separated, and the boyfriend's phone ran out of battery. So he says. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, she couldn't find him for several hours, and then she went onto the Disney annual pass holders Facebook group. I don't know if they mean one of the popular groups that's not a Disney affiliated, or if they literally mean the group that's dis- that Disney runs. Uh, nonetheless, she says weird post, but I lost my boyfriend at Epcot today, and I haven't been able to find him for hours because his phone's dead. If anyone sees him, can they tell him to meet us at the Mexican Pavilion? P.S. I'm the one who's nervous because I hate being alone, but she she continued that he's probably drinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she posts a picture of him and her in the clothing that they were wearing that day from earlier in the day. And basically everybody, uh, which apparently looked like the Stitch Hawaiian shirt, people just continued to comment that, you know, basically, here's your opportunity. <laughs> You've gotten away from him. Go do whatever you want. Yeah. You're a single rider now. Uh, he's probably napping on Spaceship Earth. He's drunk in Mexico. He's planning a surprise proposal. Some people said, have you checked uh, P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Wallaby <laughs> Way in Sydney? Um, and, then, you know, and then just go take advantage of being on your solo day. 
Um, anyway, she took the opportunity to share ideas on how to prevent losing a loved one. Um, and with a, a crappy ending here to the story, the story's funny, but with a crappy ending, she, update, found my boyfriend on the Frozen ride. Okay. So, not the best ending, because what was he doing on the Frozen ride? Um, maybe he thought he was going to Norway. I don't know. So he says, well, he was drinking all day while looking for me, she said. By the way, thanks everyone for the nice comments. So, uh, I don't know how to find the comments, but nonetheless, Tales from the Disneyverse. Cool. We'll try to find something even more interesting next time. If you guys, if you guys come across an, a, a weird thing that happened in the, either an article about somebody in the parks, you know, there was one a while back. I'm not going to do I the mean, whole fairness, thing. I mean, that happens every day in his comments, but. Right. Uh, but no, there's one while back where like some lady sued because she got ran over by a, uh, by a, um, scooter. ECV scooter, but like she sued Disney for it. One of these kind of things. Or if you guys want to send something in for me to tell on the tales from the Disney verse, you can message me personally on Facebook, Tim fresh one hyphen between the fresh and the one. I'm the only one on Facebook with that name. I don't always say it at the end in the, in the, uh, socials but if you have this purpose to message me you can or message digs and put out the top make tim read this he'll do that too okay <laughs> it's the end of it all right so we mentioned that on april 27th is the disney channel fan fest if you can't make it to that and if you're going on sunday april 28th there's the final awareness for autism happening on that day hosted by michael the og mail guy uh-oh. Um, that's going to start at some... Uh, actually, I don't even know when it's going to start. Somewhere after park opening, they're going to be doing a uh, a walk from, I believe, uh, the Esplanade to downtown Disney. And they we're also going to be doing the giveaway lounge again where they will be giving doing a, a giveaway inside the picnic area inside the, you know, by the Esplanade. Uh, that one's going to be pretty cool. Uh, you got to make sure you have a wristband. You must have a wristband to go into the giveaway lounge. And, uh, of course, there's only one item per person per table. If you guys want more information on that, head over to One Big Disney Family Entertainment on Facebook. Or you can just search uh, Awareness for Autism on Facebook, and you'll probably get the event. If you can't find it after you're doing a search and you really, really want to go, just email us. Mousebuyer Gmail. Dot com. <laughs> right. It's time for the mail. All right. So our first email is from actually a new emailer. Yeah. But uh, no stranger to the podcast. Okay. It's from Tim the Tech. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, his uh, subject line is Disneyland Review. He says, hey, guys, Tim the Tech here. I always enjoy listening to the email emails people send, and so I figured I would write one myself. I apologize because this episode might be three hours long due to my email. <laughs> Pardon me. I'm going to take a nap. All aboard. Driver, your tram is clear. Beep, beep. A couple of Sundays ago, I decided to hit up a couple of friends who work at Raider Springs Racers, and we all went to Disneyland. Now, keep in mind, I hadn't been there in about a year and a half, so needless to say, I was pretty excited. 
When I got there, I parked in Toy Story, but actually ended up parking on the borderline of K-Lot because Toy Story was already full due to the cheerleading competition happening in the area. Getting on the buses was fast, easy, and flying through security at the Esplanade was easy. I love the new security entrance. Theming is always something I pay attention to at Disney, and I have to say this uh, this new security entrance was on point and didn't look at all out of place. We decided to go to Disneyland side first because we literally just walked right in versus DCA, which had been a lot longer line to get in. Now, that was funny because when I, well, I guess it's not funny if you think about it on that Sunday, uh, DCA was uh, longer to get into versus Disneyland. But then again, you had the food and wine going on. So probably had a lot of fat people trying to get over there to eat. Walking down Main Street was awesome to be there again. You know how you walk down Main Street and you start whistling the music? Yep, that's me. I don't even notice I'm doing it sometimes. Lots of buildings under wraps and holy cow, what happened to the castle? It's alright, I had more important things to do anyways. Proceeding to Adventureland. I think on the show before we've mentioned how much I absolutely love Dole Whips. Yes, he does. So heading into the Tropical Highway, I love what they did with the space. It's super open and doesn't really feel crammed at all for such a small area. I tried the raspberry pineapple dough whip. Man, that was good. I definitely tasted more raspberry than pineapple. I sat right next to the tiki bird telling jokes. She was awesome. Little part of the whole experience and entertaining too. Off to New Orleans Square. A couple of months ago on the podcast, I heard something about changing the mint julep over to more like a lemonade, if I recall correctly. Needless to say, I had to try it for myself. The mint julep bar was closed, so we went inside, ordered my mint julep and Mickey beignets. Wow, you guys were right. They seriously toned down the mint in this drink. It was so good before. I still liked it, but at the end of the day, the original was much better. Uh, the Mickey beignets were good, though, and made a very sugary mess. I have to say the jazz band that was there on the stage was also really good. Uh, so after we were done getting our hashtag fact time on, we hopped on the train from New Orleans and went on the Grand Circle Tour all the way back to uh, New Orleans Square and went on Haunted Mansion. Now, I went on the train on Sunday to from Tomorrowland to go into Main Street and leave the park, and the dinosaurs were uh, it's, it's, uh, they were gone. No, they weren't gone. They actually uh, announced uh, that they weren't uh, having the dinosaurs. They're on spring break. That's what they said. So they actually, you know, put the black screen up on the window so you can see inside. So I don't know what the, maybe they were having a private party or something for the dinosaurs on Sunday because they, <laughs> they didn't show them. But I don't, I, they said they were going to be uh, back later this month. So if you guys. Uh, the dinosaurs? On, yeah. The dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. So if you guys uh, go on the train uh, and don't see dinosaurs, well, supposedly they'll be back uh, sometime before the month is over. All right, so Tim uh, went on the Haunted Mansion. He said, I honestly haven't been on that in, in about four years. It was awesome. Dirty. I know. Huh? It was awesome, and, I, and and just as I remembered, everything was very dead, and I loved how they added massive umbrellas to the queue for shade. Inside the mansion was great, too. Hatbox Ghost was actually really cool. Hadn't seen him either since uh, his reappearance from Regions Beyond. What? 
Really? So he hasn't been there since pre... 2015, then. Yeah. Jeez. Well, so hasn't he, been on that ride. He hasn't been on the ride since before, way before the 60th. Then. Yeah. Dang, because that was <clears throat> May of... First weekend in May of 2015 that he, uh, Hatbox went in. We went all the way through, collected our death certificates by the light of the silvery moon, and headed to DCA. <laughs> I like that song. Once in DCA, we headed to the Lamplight Lounge, but first had to make a stop down Route 66 in Carsland, my old home when I worked there. It was great to look around and to see some of the stuff I had worked on still there and up and running. Tim worked on the opening day, or the open, not actually, it was the opening day, but not opening day, the opening, uh, what do you call it, press day. Uh, when they had the press day and everything, he installed a lot of stuff for that. So, yeah, I guess it's really cool to go see your stuff is still there. Set hi to McQueen as well. Uh, he used to be a very close friend of mine in Carsland. Once at Lumplight, I tried a very interesting drink called the Goofball Island. Uh, tasted very fruity. It was fruit, punch, lemonade, and raspberry. Pretty good, actually. That sounds good. I I, I think I ooh, I think I want to try that now. Yeah. <laughs> also tried the deviled eggs and toast. Also very good. I will say this Lamplight Lounge is very interesting and unique. Uh, they don't have a ton of choices, but it's a cool place to sit down for a little while and have a drink after walking on day. Now, Michael the Mail Guy recently went to the park, and he went to go eat at the Lamplight Lounge, and he showed me this picture of a burger and fries, and it looked really good. So I might have to go over there and try that. Next, we headed back to Carsland and grabbed the Mac O'Roni and cheese cone with bacon. One of my usual favorites. Really good as usual. This was my snack before getting on, before getting a spot to watch World of Color. I have to say, after seeing this show a few times, I kind of wasn't impressed this time around. It's the old show, but just everything works now. You would have thought they would have added or done something in the time it was down for. Uh, needless to say, it was still a good show. Just wish they would have added some stuff. After the World of Color, we headed back to Disneyland and ran to the Temple of the Forbidden Eye to visit Indiana Jones. I hadn't been on this ride in about four or five years, so I wanted to check it out. Some of the effects were they added in here uh, were pretty cool, I have to say. Getting out of Indy was eerie, I have to say, because <laughs> now it was after midnight and Cinderella was going to turn into a pumpkin. I don't think that's how uh, that works, but we headed down Main Street, whistling away and off into the night. Overall, the trip was super fun, and I will go back soon. Since I have weekends off now, I'm hoping to possibly get get a pass and join the Mouse Pirate crew there for some serious hashtag fat time. So for lamps, ghosts, dough whips, and deviled eggs, these guys are Anthony, Tim, and Diggs, and I'm Tim the Tech. Bye. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Tim was telling me that he was going to go to the park that day and everything, and I was like, um, hashtag no invite. <laughs> All right, Tim the Tech, thank you for your email, and uh, yeah, thanks for the invite. <laughs> All right, next email is from Ernesto. His subject line is 
In space, no one can hear you rant. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, Wait. <laughs> that, I'm not in space. Uh, what's up, Mosspired fans? I know I don't write often as others. Mainly most of the questions or thoughts are addressed to my satisfaction. But I love listening to you and special guests. So my question about the recent info about Galaxy's Edge. Do you think there will be a specific amount of time to spend inside, and how do you think they will regulate it? Colored wristbands, perhaps? Uh, they used something like that for the AP preview of Pandora. They also had a 15-minute window for FastPass for Flight of Passage. No clue. I really have no clue at this point. I mean, they're doing... I don't know. They're already way off script at this point with the whole fact that they're doing a whole... Not everything's opening at once, so I mean they're already way off script of what anybody thought that they were going to do. So the, there's really no predicting what they're going to do at this point. I, I, and at this point, it doesn't look like they're going to do anything like what they did with Pandora, because there's been no hints of any kind of uh, you know pass holder previews. Although the I don't know how far in advance they announced those for Pandora. Uh, there's been no. Nothing to indicate any kind of uh, early opening or anything like that other than, you know, just the whole reservation thing, which to me just sounds like a big cluster F, you know, so. I'm wondering if they think um, that they're like, okay, this is the amount of time a regular guest is going to spend in this area. You have a group A guest and group B guest, you know. The group A guests are going to be exploring the land and going on the one attraction. Group B is just going to explore the land. Right. So they're going to say, okay, Group A is going to probably spend about this much time in this land. Group B is going to be less time because they're just going to look around and maybe shop, eat, and then leave. So maybe two hours for Group B, you know? I'm just saying, maybe that's how they're trying to think of it that way. I mean, yeah, it's hard to tell, but I'm just throwing that little option out there. I mean, because the thing is, obviously, for the uh, for the people with the reservations during the reservation period, during that first, whatever, three weeks or whatever it is, uh, that's going to be a whole nother, uh, you know, kettle of fish that we don't even know how they're going to do that. Or are they going to have, you know, wristbands that you're going to have to go stand in? Are you going to have to stand in line basically twice? Or are you going to have to stand in line once to get a wristband? And then are you going to have to go stand in line to get into into the land? And then they're going to have to hopefully have plenty of cast members there to monitor the people going in that they actually have wristbands or whatever kind of credentials the reservation people are going to have. But then, you know, obviously the question is not for that first three weeks. The question is after June 24th and on, what is the deal going to be as far as when the wide, you know, the wide, you know, provided that, as we discussed last week, they don't extend the reservation thing or try to do something else starting on June 24th. And presumably everybody's just going to be able to walk in there. And I don't know if they're hoping that by the fact that not all of the attractions are going to both neither, that one of the two attractions is not going to be open, that's going to keep the crowds down. Well, ha, 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, like I said, just getting back to, it's really hard to say. It's just like anything can happen. Do you think the fast pass system only makes lines longer or just having the standby lines Level the playing field. It depends on the cast members that are handling that are there, and it depends on. Uh, it depends. I mean, the way the the way that uh, fast pass affects an attraction is varies by attraction to attraction. So, 
I mean, it really depends on how fast they're actually getting the fast pass people through. If they're doing, you know, because no matter what, when you do a big group of fast pass people, that's stopping the standby line for that amount of time. But then at the same time, when you're taking a big group of standby people, that stops the fast pass line at the same time. So it's really depends on. You know, the fast pass line has to be obviously, if the fast pass line is shorter than the uh, standby line, obviously, no matter how you look at it, the fast pass line is going to be better. It's just going to be still a wait. Do you think the recent trend of phase openings will be the norm from now on? I sure hope not. Will it affect non local trip planners to wait until everything will be open? It be should. Uh, like at this point, I made the big point last time that if. They don't give any indication that Florida is going to Florida's Galaxy's Edge is going to open in phases. At this point, there's no reason for anybody who was planning a trip to California for the opening of Galaxy's Edge. They should just cancel their trips and just go to just go to Florida. Because I mean, if, if uh, let's say if they don't announce that uh, Florida is going to open in stages and Florida's Galaxy's Edge is going to open all at the same time in August 29th, like they're scheduled, right? If that opens all at once. And as of right now, we have no idea when the Phase 2 of Galaxy's Edge is going to open and when the Rise of the Resistance ride is going to open. It could be after the Florida complete opening happens. Why would anybody want to come here for our opening and get half of a land or get part of a land when you could just wait and go to Florida and get the whole damn thing? It's just, you know, it's like you said, though, that gets to the point. It's going to change a lot of people's plans because of the whole phase thing. If they're not doing it in one place and they're doing it in another. Uh, so, I mean, there's people that now, right now that probably thought that they would want to go in the summer to go to here to come to our Galaxy's Edge. And that won't now because it would be stupid to come here for part of a land. You know, as of right now, the, the people that I'm thinking that are going to be the ones going during the summer are going to be the pass holders. All right. Because as of right now, the pass holders and the hardcore people are going to be the only ones going now, whereas your average people that would have wanted to go are going to now wait because they want to wait until it's all open. I think what sucks is the tourists who come over here who have no idea about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening. Well, that too, yeah. And want to go inside are going to be... Right. Yeah. Well, and they're not going to understand, especially if there are a lot of foreign speaking and stuff like that. Yeah. They're not going to understand why they can't go in because they, they're not here for that. They're just here because it's a normally scheduled trip to Disneyland or whatever. And they have no idea. And the line at City Hall is going to be massive. Right. All right. Uh, last but not least, how much would you pay for a front of the line fast pass? Front of the line? How do they even manage something like that? The question is, how much would you pay? Just for Galaxy's Edge? I. It's just general. I mean, what do they charge at Universal? I don't know. For it's their, a like, lot. A list, hundred bucks lot. a day, or something, something like that. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much the going. It was like a hundred bucks a day or something. Uh, I don't because the front of the line pass at Universal does a lot more than what say like a Max Pass would does here, because it actually does get you into a better line than just like a Fast Pass line. Now sometimes you do you can go in gate uh, what used to be called Gate A or or whatever you want to call it at Universal, and uh, you know it, you you can easily stand in line. And have a long line, but that just depends on the same things that happens with Fast Pass. It's all kind of the same thing, no matter what. But just you know, because their lines don't get as long, I guess it just makes it seem better. But 
All right, so he says, keep up the great content, and I hope a show will be live from Galaxy's Edge. Live long and prosper. <laughs> uh, one ring to rule them all. Thank you for your email there, Ernesto. And uh, I just want to say real quick that uh, Ernesto uh, is one of the ones who listens on um, on the on YouTube. He leave me, He always leaves comments on there, and I I just always forget to read them. So uh, real quick, uh, episode one sixty two, return of the Wakanda King. Uh, hashtag Sugarboo. <laughs> uh, I like that one. You're a Sugarboo. Odd uh, episode or same episode. He says, Tim would be rolling naked in a pool of Disney buttons. <laughs> when? Never. Lies. They have pokey things on them. Uh, another comment, uh, episode 160, State of the Mouse Pyre. Uh, he said, great show, guys. On the same episode of 162, Return of the Wakanda King, he also said, happy birthday, Wreck-It Rachel. So happy birthday, shout out to Rachel. And uh, speaking of Rachel, our next email is from Wreck-It Rachel. And her subject line is, nothing Disney is never good. Hey, guys, my week has been void of Disney again. I was going to see Captain Marvel on Friday, but something came up and I couldn't go. I had to pick up my godson from school because his dad was stuck in Lake Elsinore dealing with this crazy poppy traffic. Do you guys hear about that stuff? The poppy traffic? No. Uh, poppy traffic. Thank you. All the uh, flowers are blooming over there and everyone's going out to take pictures. Oh, yeah, 150,000 people went out there this weekend. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And she said uh, his mom was at work, so that's why she had to go. She couldn't do what she wanted to do. What if you're driving out to see the poppies and you ran into the butterflies? The ones coming from Mexico? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's... Is that the story with the butterflies? Yes, they're what? coming from Mexico. They're having like a butterfly breeding convention? No, or? they're uh, telling Trump uh, we could come over too. Anyway. Uh, uh, it's like the biggest migration in like uh, since 2000 and something. What was it? 2005. Of butterflies? Yeah. Oh. She says those stupid people are those stupid people going to see flowers. They are crazy. Good thing they closed it down. They should just watch uh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. Then I spent the uh, the the weekend outside because it was so nice. So hopefully this weekend will include some Captain Marvel, Rachel. Well, Rachel, uh, it sucks that you haven't been to Disney in a while, and you get you didn't get to see Captain Marvel. Hopefully you will this weekend, and stay away from uh, those poppy people. Thank you for your email there, Wreck-It Rachel. All right, our next email is from Dan the Mailman, and his subject line is Higher, Further, Faster. As you're reading this email, I am in the Bay Area touring colleges, so no Disney for me this week. I thought you already graduated from college, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) However, I will review Captain Marvel since I got to see it this past weekend. Wow, what a film. I thought it was absolutely incredible. To all those panning Brie Larson, quote-unquote, wooden performances, you clearly didn't understand the movie. A warrior trained to suppress emotions with no memory of her in, uh, entire life. She put it off. Warrants a second viewing if I get around to it. Yes, thank you. See, some people at least understand it. Jeez. I like this more than Black Panther and Ratman officially allowed me to have that opinion. <laughs> he kept telling me over and over again that he liked it better than Black Panther, but he kept like uh, qualifying it like as if he needed to make sure that it was okay for him to like it more than Black Panther. 
And I said, no, it's okay. You're allowed to have an opinion. We're, we're not terrible people, unlike others on the internet. That's funny. Notice on the podcast last week that Diggs used a couple of big words and was wondering if he if he's reading books behind our backs. <laughs> uh, next thing is he'll be bringing a math textbook to record. <laughs> yeah, he I have some uh, books reader. Really. Uh, he mentioned that I couldn't. Uh, he couldn't remember what the big words were. I'm trying to remember used, myself, and I don't remember using big words. I told him that he. I told him. Uh, that if you used them, he had probably heard already. You had already heard me use it, so I don't even remember what big words I used. <laughs> I took credit for it. Don't forget, uh, <laughs> if it's a big word, it's probably three syllables. Exactly. <laughs> Spring break next week, so hopefully get to see you guys. Short and sweet email this week. Dan out. All right, Dan. Thank you for your email. I will try not to use any uh, uh, big uh, words anymore. <laughs> and no, I'm not reading any books. All right, so thank you for your emails there, Tim the Tech, Wreck-It Rachel, Ernesto, and, of course, Dan the Mailman. Woo-hoo. And uh, if you guys have any comments, questions, your own tip of the week, if you guys have any uh, questions about Galaxy's Edge that we don't know the answers to, all you have to do is email us. Mousepire at gmail.com. <laughs> you have a special occasion coming up? Looking to personalize your trip with a keepsake? Create customized buttons for birthdays, engagements, family vacations, even bridal parties. Or just because. Check out ButtonsByDigs.com today. Buttons by Digs. Buttons by Digs. Remember, those are buttons, not pins. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Mouse Pirate Podcast. I just want to say that I uh, had a great time seeing Bubba. Yeah. It's nice to see Bubba again. And Bubba said that he will be coming before the food and wine festival is over because he still has some tabs to use up i haven't seen bubba in quite a while all right well next time he comes i'll let you know maybe we'll meet up and uh check out what's going on and eat some food with bubba yeah uh speaking of bubba i just wanted to make a comment that uh season one of uh resistance wrapped up uh this last weekend uh with an amazing uh uh finale though while the episode or while the season i just want to say that just real quick well, the season of uh, Star Wars Resistance uh, started off kind of slow, and with me not really caring about any of the characters, it, it definitely got to the point where I was actually starting to be invested in these people, and uh, you know, I was very, very uh, excited about the show by the end, especially uh, by the time it's uh, basically caught up to events of uh, The Force Awakens and going concurrently with the v- events of Curse- Force Awakens by the, uh, the two-part finale. Oh, cool. That's pretty so, cool. Uh, you actually get to see the uh, the launching of the Star Killer base weapon at uh, Hosnian Prime from the point of view of the people on uh, the uh, the station in uh, Resistance. So, uh, anybody who hasn't had a ch- chance to go check that out, and uh, you guys, if you guys started it and you thought it was kind of slow and boring, uh, give it another chance. Maybe skip to like uh, episode five or something, or episode six, and just uh, or something like that, and watch it from there. Uh, just give it a chance uh, once. Once the story get really gets going with uh, the pirates and uh, Sonara and uh, some other characters showing up, especially when the First Order shows up, uh, it really hits the ground running. And I would even say that it was a better first season, uh, the way, especially with the way it ended, a better first season than Clone Wars or Rebels had. So if they could take that momentum and keep it going uh, with the next season starting out right with the events of uh, Last Jedi, then uh, lots of different possibilities. So Cool. I mentioned that because of Bubba, because uh, Bubba was commenting uh, apparently 
on uh, on stupid Star Wars sites about uh, how uh, the uh, he's never been really a fan of the animation, and I had to school him about how uh, about how certain you know about how people don't give animation its due as uh, as a regular form of entertainment. And uh, how I'm really, really sick of it, and people just need to just view it as entertainment, not just, oh, it's animation, blah blah blah. I'm so, I'm so uh, opposed of it because it looks like kid stuff. Okay, that's all I gotta say about that. All right, so don't forget April twenty. Oh, sorry. Don't forget April twenty seventh, uh, the Disney Channel Fan Fest over at DCA. Check that out. All the information has been posted on the Facebook page, so you can see what's going on there. Hey, guess what? What? By the time the Fan Fest happens, we will all hopefully have seen Endgame. Yes. Because it comes out the day before. Oh, we oh got then it. we'll have seen it two days before that. Probably, yeah. yes. So then we, we have a busy weekend. Yes, that is definitely going to be a busy end of uh, April uh, with uh, that and... Uh, other things that are not Disney related. Such we as also Shira have and stuff coming back. We also have uh, awareness for autism on that Sunday, April twenty eighth. Information will be posted on the Facebook page. And don't forget on April thirtieth is the superhero after dark thing going on over there at DCA. Uh, tickets are still available available for that. That is April thirtieth and May first. Yeah, uh, April's going to be uh, pretty 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 big uh, with. Uh, between, uh, I mean, not just for obviously for uh, n- a lot of non Star Wars or a lot of non Disney related stuff, such as uh, Shazam, t- Twilight Zone, Shazam, uh, second season of Sabrina, second season of Shira, Star Wars Celebration coming up in the middle of April. Like some big announcements there. Uh, Endgame. So uh, yeah, April's shaping up to be uh, pretty huge. I mean, whether you're going to celebration or not, it's going to be exciting. Well, yeah, the even new, if you're not going, the news coming out of it will be exciting. Well, yeah, because we already know that we're going to be expecting uh, all of the stuff that everybody's been waiting for for episode nine. So, Idol. so uh, yeah, April has a lot to look forward to. Uh, this month will uh, be uh, ending, and April's going to start out with a bang. Of course, as always, find out what's going on on the social medias. We are Mousefire on Facebook, at Mousefire on Twitter and Instagram, a Mousefire on the snappy chats when this guy feels like doing some snappy chats. He's been a little bit more active of that at recent, but uh, you just kind of have to watch out and uh, look at those uh, stories, I guess, or whatever, however, however that crap however works that nowadays. Works. However that crap works nowadays. Snippity snappities. Oh, with that, I am Diggs. <laughs> you can follow me follow me on Instagram at Baloo1313. Also follow Buttons by Diggs on Instagram. There you'll see your button orders going out. Don't forget to head over to dgpclothing.com, get your mouse power gear. And uh, don't forget you can get your own custom-made shirts, hoodies, uh, car decals, anything you need. Uh, also go Passports. I can make some visas. passports. Uh, I'll, I'll get credit cards for you guys. Uh, also, uh, head over to uh, patreon.com slash mousepower, help support the podcast. Check out Michael the Mel Guy's $3 special. And you can also head over to YouTube, check out the podcast there when Tim the Tech can upload our episodes. He is currently in Kentucky uh, doing a uh, trade show over there. So as soon as he gets back to California, he'll be uh, uploading the next, the last two podcasts and he'll try to get caught up with that. For some reason, he said he couldn't take his uh, fourth computer with him. So <laughs> I don't know how that goes with TSA. Anyway, uh, yeah, check out the Mouse Power Podcast on YouTube. Just search Mouse Power Podcast or head over to Facebook and hit the link there. 
And until next time, I'm Anthony. I'm Tim. And I'm Diggs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Audio, sound bites, and other clips are property of their copyright holders. All original stuff is ours and property of mousepire.com. Sam Jackson, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Whose email is this? Brie Larson. She wrote the email? Yes. Oh, okay. Tales from the Timbers.